Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Your Average Critics. Today we're going to be talking uh, Ghost in the Shell, both the anime and the live action remake. And we're going to be contemplating life. But before we get into all that deep subject, um, I just want to let you know I'm joined today by just Ollie and Obi. So there's just the three of us today. Three amigos. The three amigos, but we are obviously the best three people on the podcast, so, you know. I can't even remember who the other two are. So, let's start with <laughs> how have your week's been? Yeah, it was good. Um, I went to the I went to a comic book shop with Chris and I spent a fair amount of money. Chris spent an obscene amount of money yeah. <laughs> on, on, on comics. Um, what did you get? I got... Oh, what did I get? There's this thing called, like... Um, so, like, they bring out, like, runs of different... DC bring out runs of, like, different stories of their main characters. And it's called, like, it's called Rebirth. And I bought out, um, I think I bought, what did I buy? I bought, bought a Teen Titans one, I bought some Justice League, I bought some X-Men as well. But yeah, I just bought a load of stuff, I spent like 20 quid, and I bought like 9 or 10 comics. So. And and how long does it take you to read a comic? Like, five seconds? To be fair, no, I'm a, I'm a slow reader, so it probably takes me about, took me about 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> you spent 20 quid on, on, on stuff that... Yeah, that's, well, that's what, 200 minutes, isn't it? That's, uh, how long does that mean? That's what, two hours and... No wait, three, three, and three hours. Bit. See, yeah, that's three hours and twenty minutes. You know, it's not too bad. I think comic books are coming back with all this Marvel. I just um, buy them because they look cool. Like the artwork is cool, so I'm like. All but didn't you stuff. say in uh, like two two weeks ago or whatever that you were trying to like p- average size of a comic book fan is something like three thousand comics? Yeah. What, what? You, you were yeah, on yeah, like yeah. five. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna need to catch up to the average. I think the oh, there's a world record. I think the world record of a guy. The most comments, I think it's like 90-something thousand, like 94,000. Something like that. that was in 2014, so he's probably got more by now. Damn. Um, yeah, no, it's madness, isn't it? But then they're worth, like, obviously if you get, like, the rare ones, they're worth loads. Like, the ones that you buy. Yeah, is that when you, like, keep them in the packaging? Exactly, yeah. What's the point the in that? Because then that's you can what I was never... Saying. The ones that you buy. Where'd you open. keep them? Like, I, I used to subscribe to some film magazines, mm. and... They just took up so much space. Yeah. In the end, I just had to throw them away. Like if I had them on like an iPad or something, mm. that'd be better. But then you kind of want. I, I want the physical. You want yeah, the physical. Exactly. Yeah. Tangib- I like having the tangibility of it. Yeah. I like going in there and picking it out and buying it. But yeah, oh. it's cool. What about you, Ali? What's your week been like? Uh, it's been good. Um, so I had a very poor experience in the cinema, and I know we talked about before that, like with we were discussing if discs and Blu-ray are going to be obsolete. Yeah. Do we think cinemas are going to be obsolete? Did we even discuss that? Because I went there and it's just like, you're surrounded by all this like shit candy, yeah. really expensive food, mm. and it's just not a good atmosphere to be in. But obviously when you get immersed in the film, it's fine. Um, but yeah, that was... So, can I ask you a question? Pistol. Would you rather, obviously, have the cinemas as they are now, and obviously you go and watch the blockbusters or whatever, or would you rather, like, say, for example... Netflix or whatever, you, your subscription, like, I don't know, quadruples, but then the blockbusters come out and they come out on Netflix, so you don't have to go to the cinema. No, because I quite like having the surround sound and, like, the huge screen. Yeah, yeah but um, it's all the waiting before that. I think that, like, you could do a cinema, and I don't want to put loads of people out of a job, but you could do, because you can do, like, pick up your own tickets now. Yeah. So you, everything's, like, self-service. So literally, you go to the cinema, you can buy, like, popcorn from down the road um, and then like, take it in. Not that they're going to do that, mm. but that that's like my idea of like you just walk in, scan your ticket, or pick it up because you can book it online, yeah. and then just go see the film. It's still loves like sometimes they have to like check ID and stuff like that, don't they? So that might yeah. make it take a bit. That's true, but I mean that's that, I mean like th- that's what you could do if you're doing it online. Mm. So you would have to check 
who's paying it and things like that. I think they would always need a couple of people there because obviously technology might fail, so the booking... Like self-checkouts. Yeah, the Mm self-checkout might fail. Someone's got to monitor and keep that tech up. Um, and also things like the, the concession, concession stand with the popcorn and stuff that mm. is how these cinemas remain open that's true that yeah. is why they're so expensive because I don't quite know how it works but they buy in the films but they they have to pay most of their profits back to the, the company yeah. that's why if a film's popular like I don't know Titanic they'll just play it forever and ever because they, they need the money after a certain point then that's their profit mm. Yeah, well, I went and saw a film that had just come out, I think, this week, and the cinema was empty, pretty much. It was what time did you go? Um, evening. On a weekday? Yeah, it was on a weekday. Mm. What film was that? That was Ghost in the Shell. Mm. Okay. Maybe because the film's fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, we'll discuss Ghost in the Shell. I haven't seen it, by the way. I've just... Well, I've seen the first 15 minutes. But... <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, no, we'll, right, talk we... about, we'll talk about that next week. But... No, no, well... Oh, yeah, we... No, we're talking about that this week. I was waiting for Chris. No, we're waiting for Christopher Free Fire. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, go on. Now. So oh. we are going to talk about Ghost in the Shell this week, both the anime and the uh, live-action remake. But Ollie, you said you saw a trailer this week. Boom! Yes, yeah, so I saw a trailer for Inconvenient Truth, the sequel. I don't, it's not really a sequel because it's a documentary, mm. isn't it? But um, is it called an Inconvenient Sequel or something? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I love that. Well, I'm a nerd for that kind of stuff anyway. Um, I watched Leo's. Um, before the flood, I don't know if that was through National Geographic. If either of you guys saw that, um, but that I like, I like watching that kind of stuff, and it makes me love and hate humanity. Yeah. <laughs> like, like listening to especially the trailer, but like, you know, they sh- give you this story of like, oh no, these are all the bad things that we're doing, but this is all the good stuff, and then they're like, the music gets a little bit, a little bit louder, and they're mm. like clapping their hands in these like huge meetings, and yeah, you know, I um I am a nerd for that, so that is. Something I'm looking forward to because that's coming out in cinema soon. What's the second one about? Because the first one was about global warming. Yeah, so it's still following on, but obviously, um, so in the trailer, it's got clips of Donald Trump um, yeah. because obviously things are go- seem could be said that they're going backwards mm. um, as opposed to the direction that we were going in. Mm. So is I it, um, we'll just have to wait and see. Is it in the same format as the first one? Because in the first one, he was like on stage talking to people. Yeah, it's, it's not so much that. Oh. It's more like following him around... Like it, I well, the um the image that I got from it was it's following him around like it was Leo, mm. um and he's meeting all these people and discussing about you know like what's happening, what's mm. not happening, things like that. Mm. So do you think it will follow the same formula as most sequels, like bigger budget, more deaths, more CGI, <laughs> <laughs> more CGI? Yeah, <laughs> I remember. The, do you remember the cartoon in the first one of the frog? The frog, the, the, the classic. That's the only thing I take away from that film is the frog that um. Was it if it jumps into hot water, it jumps up straight away? Yeah, but, but if it jumps it's... into water and it eventually gets hotter, it won't jump or something like that. It won't jump. Um, until until until, until someone yeah. grabs it and saves it. Yeah. Mm. Any other film news, guys? Um, oh, uh, there's talks of a bat girl or bat woman. Either I think it's bat girl film, um, and Josh Whedon is in talks to direct it. Okay, so the guy who did the Avengers, yeah. crossing over from Marvel to DC. I was thinking. I was thinking. Don't you have to like. Didn't they make him like sign a contract saying that you can't do any DC films? No, I I don't know. Or you can't do any I Marvel can't. films. Hmm? I think maybe like the actors, but yeah. I think you know after Joss Whedon stopped directing Marvel films, he's probably fair game for fair point. for for anything really. Um, I was saying to I was asking Chris the other, the other day, who do you think should play um Batgirl? I don't know if you've seen her depicted in any 
but she's like a ginger, a oh. quite a young ginger woman. Um, Amy Adams, she's the only ginger actress I can think. Of. I said one more. Yeah. Or Emma Stone. No, Chris, me and Chris were like, there's no way I want Emma Stone. I don't know. I, I don't get it. Emma. So what? She like the the actress has to be ginger, or the part they're playing is ginger? Cause they just the, dye the, their hair. Yeah, right? no, the woman, the the girl's ginger. Shailene Woodley. I've no idea. Who She's been in... Sons of Stark. Dive. Sophie Turner. I said Sophie Turner. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, what I said. Yeah. Sophie Turner. But she's doing X-Men, so... Uh, yeah, true, but we don't know for how long. <laughs> I don't know if that franchise is going to be rebooted or, or what. It's being rebooted. In the, what, you think it's going to reboot the reboot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to keep doing that. They did it with Spider-Man. Well, that's the thing. They said after um, Amazing... No, what's it? No, what's this new one called? Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. After Spider-Man Homecoming 2, whatever yeah. that's going to be called... Um, it's no Spider Man's no longer gonna be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Interesting. So they're gonna have to reboot it. Mm. I assume. I don't know if Tom Holland is allowed to go. You know, mm. be in, in one kind of co-production and then go back to the uh, um, just a pure Sony for Spider Man yeah. film. But I think this leads nicely onto life. Mm. Um, so life. Tell me about life, Obi. How's your life? No, joke. So Life is uh, a sci-fi film with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, sci-fi Jake. thriller slash horror, which I wasn't aware of beforehand. Yes, okay. yeah, the very genre tr- is a horror. Yeah. Very true. Um, I wouldn't have suggested you seeing it if I'd known it was, if I'd known it was a horror, so I apologise for that. But it's got Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal, Rebecca Ferguson. Um, it's quite a good cast, set on the International Space Station, where they uh, receive a probe back from Mars, and it's got a sample Um which has some sort of single-celled organism, mm. um, and then it's basically... are we single-celled organisms? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that expression for humans before. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we are not scienti- scientific on this. Um, we barely can use the recording software that we record them to. Um, I guess that's technological, not scientific. Mm. Proves again how shit I, I am at science. Fuck's sake. Anyway, so they kind of do experiments on this and uh, all goes a bit awry mm. and it kind of turns into a kind of alien film. Mm. As, alien, in like a, alien-esque. as in like yeah, a Ridley yeah. Scott alien. Mm. Um, so uh, considering, Obi, you hate horror films, mm. how, what did you think of it? So we got into the cinema and I looked at my ticket for, <laughs> and it said life and it said 15. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh. Maybe there's going to be a bit of swearing or whatever. It won't be too bad. And then I looked at the screen when the thing come up, you know, where they give the rating before. The BBFC insight. That's the one. And it says, oh, m- contains gory images and violence and... Blah, blah, blah. and strong horror. Yeah, I was like, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't know that the, I didn't know that the film was, like, horror. I thought it was going to be like a, you know, maybe like a 12 or, a t- you know. But... That's the trailer. They made it sound lovey-dovey. Exactly. Oh, oh, well, it didn't look, like, that bad when... Well, anyways, I get into the film. So... My conclusion of the film is the same as when I, when we talked about Split, however, like two months ago, how long it was. It's in my opinion, it's a good film, but it's not for me at all. <laughs> like the genre is not for me. Um, I don't like films like this. Like whenever that the monster Calvin is it Calvin. Yeah. Yeah. So they call the monster Calvin, which is something I thought was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It doesn't sound threatening at all, does it? I think that's the point of it. So, oh, it's, Calvin. It's supposed to sound childish, isn't it? Yeah. So it's like just ju- ju- juxtapositions, isn't it? This thing called Calvin that could also kill you. Mm, I no? kind of wanted it to be more threatening. What do you want to call it? Rex. Like an alien. Keith. Uh, <laughs> Keith? Um, I don't know. Maybe like. Tyler. Osama. <laughs> what? 
That's like a threatening name. <laughs> but no, okay, sorry. Why don't, um, no, why don't they call it alien? It's like in zombie films. Why don't they call them zombies? Like The Walking Dead, they call them walkers. Yeah, I, 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 I don't get that. Yeah, I've never understood that. Someone needs to make a film that they say, oh my God, zombies. You you make it. I'm sure they do it somewhere. Considering it isn't your sort of film, what did you actually like about it? Um, I've, uh, I'm trying to think, what did did I like about it? I thought I liked the ending. Okay, so, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers incoming. So at the end, um, the plan, this this Calvin's already munched up like, what, three people, one of the people drowned because of Calvin. And then they concoct a plan to um, one of Jake Gyllenhaal's character to sacrifice himself and uh, get Cal- use himself as bait for Calvin to come into the pod and then send himself off orbiting into space while Calvin um, devours him. And then Rebecca Ferguson's yeah. character to go back to Earth so she can like warn the people and blah, 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 blah. But then I think their pods collide. Do they, do they collide or something hits them? I... No? I wasn't too sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Either. I think they I do think hit some sort of asteroid some, field. Yeah, they hit something, and then... You see one go yeah. off into one direction, into yeah. towards Earth, and one into... And the, I, I believe that the... Um, I mean, Did you see it coming? Yeah. But yeah. When, you when, did. When you're, when you're watching it, obviously the people who make the film... Want, like, want I, I was like, like, oh yeah, it's going to be like a yeah. happy ending, it's yeah. going to be not bad. Yeah. It's, but, but, well... So we haven't actually explained the ending yet. Yeah, so... Uh, the one pod is hurting off into space the other pod crashes down into Earth like survives the atmosphere and all that stuff smashes down to the sea and then these fishermen come towards the boat and they look inside the thing and Jake Gyllenhaal is in the pod on Earth Calvin hasn't devoured him yet but he's pretty much like got him and he's like no don't open the door at which point they continue to open, open the door and then Rebecca Ferguson's thing is she's hurting off in, she's, dark, she's dead she, <laughs> she's gone off into space so yeah she's fucked and Earth is fucked. So yeah, the whole thing, the film's fucked. So I mean, it's good. It's good opening for a sequel, to be fair. So yeah, I don't know if I want a sequel to this. I the feel sequel like... is. Have you seen Evolution? No. Oh, well. Is that one with um, Stifler? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sean William Scott. So did That's you think what? it was tense? I thought it was bare tense. Like I told you when I was watching it, when anytime uh, the, the alien came on screen, my hands started sweating. Just automatic, <laughs> automatically, my hands started sweating because, like, it, well, to me, I thought it was like. I thought it was really scary, but then my threshold for scariness is very high compared to... But if it makes you feel tense and kind of nervous, is that a positive thing? Because that's what the film's supposed to do, then yes. Okay. And what about you, Ollie? What did you think of it? I liked it. I've got to say, it was definitely alien-esque, and if you want to see a horror film that is about being trapped on a in an enclosed space with not many people, but yeah. some like danger, then I would say see Alien, because um, this was kind of following on that. Yeah. And I saw a lot of, like... Not behind the scenes, but a lot of like interviews with Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds. Cause apparently, they developed a bromance. Mm. Although I wish I saw like a bit more of both of their characters. I should like, interact. Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds only in it for what half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Again, spoiler. But um, Ryan Reynolds is the first one to die. I knew. I, was, I, I knew that was gonna happen. I, I didn't think he would actually. The Joker. The 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 ethnic minority or the Joker always dies first. <laughs> always. You want to text the piss? Sorry, I'm carry on. That's all right. No. So um, I enjoyed it though. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I, I'd be honest, I didn't see the ending coming. I thought they were going to tease it, mm. and I think they did, but mm. it was uh, uh, there was so much suspense that I think uh, maybe they're going to you know, trick the audience. But with that, I don't know if people would be like really outraged, mm. um, because you know, like we were talking last week about like alternative 
plots yeah, and yeah, yeah. endings and things like that. Mm. And I think like a, a night a happy ending for that would have been really uplifting. Um, but because I was like, I can sleep at night with the bed, the thought of um, Rebecca Ferguson's character, like her screaming. Yeah. Oh, that was just dreadful. But um, it's it's nice to see them out of their like comfort zone in a serious movie because mm. I mean. It's a serious horror, mm. as it were, and I know like, Ryan Reynolds isn't really, because obviously he's like you said the jokey character. But I mean, like having a jokey character in a horror, um, I I think they played it really well. Um, but yeah. Do you want a Do you want a sequel to it? Nah, definitely not. Mm. What I would be the sequel? Just destruction of humanity, and it would just be well, CGI and all of this. So rubbish. this is why I kind of related it to Spider Man, um, in my segue, because there have been talks or rumours that supposedly this is a prequel to Venom. Oh, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So Venom is like a Sony production. Life is a Sony production. Mm. Uh, Venom's obviously like one of the antagonists from the Spider-Man universe. And I guess, you know, like a, a, an organism that is kind of symbiotic and, yeah. you know, people were just assuming that, oh, you know, it could be a, a teaser for it. Um, and then with the ending, so... This Calvin, he it's like cons- splurged himself it, over Jake. Well, it Gyllenhaal. consumes every other person and every other organism mm. on the spaceship apart from Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. And whereas it kind of seems to, yeah, like you said, encompass around him. Mm. Um, and I know that in Spider Man 3, the Sam Raimi film, whenever like a bell rang um, and Venom would then scream and then you'd see Tobey Maguire underneath. So I kind of thought you could, you know, they definitely could kind of retrofit. The, the storyline to, to yeah. include that. Um, but then again, I was kind of like, I don't know what Calvin is. Like, it starts off looking a bit like a, a lotus and then mm. a jellyfish and then a dragon. And I was mm. like, I don't know what... i got to say, I wish they had stuck with that. Stuck with some sort of like... Because they were talking about it's a single cell or like loads of single cell organisms as one. But the the fact that they eventually gave it a face, yeah. I yeah. didn't really like because I know, I know like Alien has a face but his face is like shit scary because it's got like a little mouth that comes out and he yeah. like spits acid, like mm. his blood is acid. Um, and he's like, he's, he's black, so he's like in the dark and because all the, the lights go off so you can never, you never know where he is. Mm. But this thing was just like floating around. Um, and I, I kind of wish, because it was like a, like a jellyfish at, or like a starfish at mm. point. And I think that's more just, it's just like, I don't know, like, um, like clenching my arse yeah. <laughs> thinking about it like you've just been eaten alive by this horrific thing but it doesn't have a face see if it has a face like you know you can like curse at it you can like shout at it I was saying make um, you feel better <laughs> <laughs> look into his soul and be like fuck you <laughs> I was saying um, a possible ending that I thought they could have done was because um, it was they said it was loads of sing- you reminded me that when you said it because it was loads of single cell um, organisms or whatever like, and they all had a brain or something like that I thought maybe um, there was a part in the film where Rebecca Ferguson like cut herself Yeah. and I thought that maybe um, a bit of Calvin would get like oh we're in her yeah yeah, or something like, he would get like chopped off or something like that so like the main body of Calvin goes off with Jake Gyllenhaal into the space but then a little little bit of organism uh, follows uh, Rebecca Ferguson's blood or something like that and then it gets attached to her and then, oh, like, yeah. I thought maybe they would have done something like that but obviously they didn't so I yeah. don't even think he could get hurt like, 
Not. Like they had a flamethrower, and I gotta say, I, I don't oh. know if that must have annoyed you. Oh. Why someone would do that? I mean, having a so flamethrower in an enclosed space with so zero angry. gravity. Can I, oh, yeah, can we in have a, a vacuum? <laughs> can we have a quick chat about people being stupid in in, in this film? So I uh, know we're not scientists, but these motherfuckers, <sighs> like, obviously so, weren't following protocol. Right. <laughs> and the people who wrote this film obviously aren't scientists either. I I can't stand when people are brave for no reason. <laughs> so, okay. Okay, so one, if I'm if I'm Ryan Reynolds' character, I can't remember their names. If I'm Ryan Reynolds' character, and I see uh, Hugh, I think his name's Hugh, he, after he's got his hand... His, yeah, his hand mangled. That was hilarious, by the way. <laughs> when his hand was all fucked up, yeah, and he was saying the thing, I am not going into that pod to rescue him whilst the thing's in there. And, like, I might have gone in whilst he was devouring the mouse, because then he was preoccupied, yeah. and then you could have got him out. But I wouldn't have got him there. Secondly, when he does go in there and gets him out and the thing is attached to his leg and he, what's he doing? He like zaps it with something yeah. and it comes off. As soon as it, the thing's off your leg, get the fuck, get yeah. out of the pod. He runs into start. the corner, doesn't he? He just stays there. And, and then, you're, and then you're, you're spending so much time and fuel trying to burn this thing. You should have realised after like two or maybe two or three that it's not going to get burned. So as soon as, and then it hid in the cupboard thing. As soon as it's in the cupboard, get out the fucking door. Oh, it annoyed me. So that annoyed me. Really stupid. Of Ryan that would have been the end of the film. True. Like they're just like, okay, let's send, send that send that lab up yeah. into space. Fuck that. For plot reasons, obviously the film can't be like that. But in a real life situation, I feel like that's that, that what Ryan Reynolds did was the, was a stupid move. Secondly, um, Hugh, I'm, assume, I'm assuming his name's Hugh, the black guy. Yeah, I think I think that's right. When the thing's attached to his leg. And it's munching on his leg, and he doesn't tell anyone. No, it's because I'm pretty sure he was disabled, so he can feel his leg. Yeah. No. Oh, see that makes yeah, sense yeah. now. Thank you. Okay, I'm not gonna. T- I'm, I won't talk about that then. Okay, thank no, you. No, I, I thought about okay. that because I was like, hang about, and at the end, okay. then uh, I realised again that because okay. he was talking cool. about a wheelchair and he cool, yeah. cool, cool, like, cool. Really, really, thin 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 legs. So, that makes sense now. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he he would have been like. I was thinking like douchebag. I thought I th- I just thought he was like sacrificing. Himself yeah, that's what I thought. Like okay. experiment. That makes sense now. Okay, fair enough. Cheers. See, initially I thought that he was allowing the alien to munch on his leg because he was close to death and that if he died then maybe the alien would die because of being part of him mm. I don't know but in terms of Jake Gyllenhaal I think his name's David Jordan mm. in the film um, at the end when like he's the only one who doesn't actually get eaten or killed by yeah, the yeah. thing I sort of read that as because earlier in the film he's he's been on in space, in, for, in space for like 400 days or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and I thought maybe he's more of like a hybrid between like you know, a human, and he's so used to space that maybe he's more of a a, a capsule or a, a you know like a host. A good I know host. what you mean. I know what you mean. I did. I thought they were going to give more to that because they were saying about how he'd been in space for so long. Mm. I thought maybe they well, were going to give a bit more. That's you know? the thing, right? So this film is probably just over an hour and a half. It's really, really lean in terms of like there is hardly any bullshit in it. Mm. Like. Within the first five minutes, they find the alien and they reanimate it. Mm. Like, that's day two of the, the mission. Mm. Normally, in a film, there'd be a lot longer build-up. Yeah. And then they start experimenting on it for very quickly. And then, very quickly, things go south. Yeah. And there is minimal plot, uh, minimal character development. Mm. And I was thinking... In, oh, sorry, Karen. In terms of the film on those levels, like, things happening quite quickly and kind of glossing over the characters, does that work? You I know, didn't mind 
Yeah, I didn't mind it at the point. But then, yeah, I mean, the the idea of that film was to have the suspense. Mm. But um, then, do you empathise with any of the characters? Are you kind of like, oh god, David Jordan might die? I only the only person that empathised with was no, sorry, two of them was, um, no, just one actually, <laughs> the woman who drowned. Okay. And why, why did you empathise with her more than... Because she did something brave, yeah. sacrificing herself. Yeah. See, I kind of felt bad for the Japanese character. Oh, I was going to say. that's because you see him, like, have a daughter and things like that. Was it not so obvious? As soon as you said... As soon as the daughter was born, I was like, you're, you're dying. Like, as <laughs> yeah. soon as the daughter was born, I was like, you, you're not making this. Yeah. You're not making it back home. But then that, oh. is, that is, like, a character de- that is, like, developing his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of humanity to him. Whereas the rest of them, like, you don't really know... Apart from like a little bit of subtitles that come up saying David Jordan, Doctor of whatever. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. He he briefly said he's in the army, but mm. I don't know anything much about Ryan Reynolds' character. Um, he's a plumber. A plumber. <laughs> uh, Rebecca Ferguson's character. I mean, there was a, that storybook. So oh, yeah. one of the plot points is a storybook that I think they give to the Japanese mm. character mm. For, to read to his daughter. Mm. And then right at the end, between Jake Gyllenhaal and Rebecca Ferguson, he says, like, good night, moon, good night, stars. And I was just like, this is... A, this sounds really silly, mm. but obviously he's quoting from the book. But then it had no poignancy to it mm. because they hadn't explored the meaning of that book, mm. like, further. Mm. Like, if they said... It, the, it gave him the idea, didn't it, for... Yeah, but if they'd said, like, oh, you know, I read this as a kid and, you know, it's, it meant a lot to me, then at the end it'd be more poignant. But yeah. I just kind of, I, I kind of laughed at that point. I yeah, thought this yeah, is a yeah. bit cheesy. I agree. Any more thoughts on life? One thing that I did like, so, as I said, um, like, I was watching a lot of the behind the scenes of, like, interviews, and they were talking about the the big one shot, which is, like, where they do one consecutive scene, so they've all got to do, like, train for their, like, what they're doing and mm. uh, the acting which I did enjoy I thought they were good but I thought they could have easily been like CGI'd or not one shots and just loads of little ones mm. um, so you're talking so about I, one take yeah yeah. and I do like it when films do that and especially when they do it well so The Revenant did that quite a lot um, but also in um, True Detective there was a big one shot um, which was something like seven minutes long and that was like mm. That must be tough to do, because if you mm, fuck yeah. that over, you're Definitely. screwing you over seen, everyone. Yeah, Has yeah. anyone ever seen Atonement? No. The beginning of that, I think it's something like 10 minutes long, is an entire one, one, sure. one take. Mm. And there is there are also films now which are presented as all one shot. So Birdman is on paper all one take, even though they use editing, but there's no obvious edits apart from, I think, one. And then there's another film, uh, some horror film with, Elizabeth Olsen in that is presented as one entire continuous yeah. shot so but like you said if, if they actually did not edit that at all then that's quite impressive considering yeah they must have like a lot of wire work and yeah yeah and because obviously the camera was going upside down left right and centre um, but yeah, yeah I do enjoy that I mean I, I that, that, again that shows like actual like acting because yeah. I think in a lot of films recently you kind of feel that you're getting mugged off like they're getting these ridiculous salaries mm. and they might be on screen for a really short while and when mm. they're on screen they're surrounded they're like surrounded by a green screen mm. or they ha- like literally have a, a one liner joke and then that's them for like the next hour and then mm. they come in again mm. yeah they're um, like that's my million pounds yeah it's things like that so I think this actually gives that kind of depth I mean I, I think the cast were 
really well, like acting very well anyway, because obviously they're like in this sh shitstorm of a situation. Mm. Um, and I've got a fan, I'm a big fan of Jake Gyllenhaal. Really oh, I said, love Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Was it last week? Yeah, I say he's definitely he's underrated. Favorite Jake Gyllenhaal film? Last week we said favorite DiCaprio film. This week favorite Gyllenhaal film? I don't know because I've seen so I saw Nightcrawler as well that he does. Oh, that's and good. And he is a, he's essentially like a psycho in that. Mm. Um, I've trying to find ratings for his news channel. So, so he goes and documents uh, crime scenes, doesn't he? Yeah, um, and I, I think that is a really good performance from him, especially because obviously you see him. Because like we were saying about, I think like Ben Affleck, or even going back ages ago, we were talking about um, Vince Vaughn being his serious role yeah, yeah. in Hacksaw Ridge, whereas he's usually like he is average Joe yeah. from Average Joe's, um, and Jake Gyllenhaal. There's nothing really that stands out about him. But he's in a lot of films that have like quite unique characteristics and personalities. Mm. So like mm. Jarhead um, and Nightcrawler as well. Have you seen Enemy? Oh, that's a really good film. Yeah. He he plays a doppelganger version of himself as well. <laughs> um, he's yeah he's I think he's an underrated actor because he tends to stick to like indie films. Yeah. So obviously like Donnie Darko is going to be my favourite Jin Hall performance. Um, but yeah, he he kind of shuns. Big blockbusters, I think. Maybe he's been burned by like Prince of Persia and things like that. But I think I mean they've all done their low blows, haven't they? They've all yeah. done their. I I really like him as an actor, and I think he always looks sad. <laughs> Don't you think his eyes are quite sad? It reminds me of Mr. Shoe from from Glue. I don't know who that is, but oh. I shall take your word for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you think it would like him as a happy role then? I don't know, I just want him to be happy. I just want to hope that he Jake, is. why aren't you happy? <laughs> Jake, man, if you ever need someone to talk to, I'm here for you, man. Um, so, in conclusion, I think life... Uh, please let me know if you disagree. I think it was good, but it it, it was kind of didn't do anything different. It was just, you know, kind of on a level. It was just pretty solid. Um, doesn't progress the genre, doesn't... It didn't have much in terms of surprise. You kind mm. you know, we all saw the ending coming. Mm. Acting was solid, but again, not like that memorable for me. Yeah, yeah. And I think even the like you said, the directing was quite cool with the one yeah. take. But so, what would you rate it? Probably give it like a six. Six. So I'd say at least seven and a half. Seven say, and a half. I'd, I'd say go see it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd recommend seeing it. But I'd give it a seven. You give it a seven. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Alright, so the other big film that we've watched this week uh, is Ghost in the Shell. Um, but before we go into the live action remake, uh, we're going to we're gonna now do every week uh, a new segment, which uh, we are calling From the Archive. So we're all going to, um, every week one of us is going to take a, a film that we've seen from our DVD collection or like, uh, like an older film that's not current in the cinemas so our criteria is it has to be on dvd or video on demand or shown on television um and so we thought why not start it off with the anime of ghost in the shell which i watched this week um because we've all seen heavily trailers for ghost in the shell the live action remake so and sick. when i first saw that trailer i thought this was quite good mm. and then the 95th time i saw the trailer i was sick to fucking death honestly of it. i'm so sick of it man so oh. i didn't really know what to expect going into the anime yeah. because i you know obviously i hate reviews because it's like this is the best anime ever and yeah. then I evidently get disappointed but 
I'd heard that the visuals of the anime were beautiful and that, you know, it was considered one of the best animes. And to be honest, I really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, so the anime is about uh, a cybernetic human known as Major. Um, so she has a robotic body but a human mind. Um, and she works for Section 9, which is like a government sort of agency, and uh, she's tasked with finding a hacker called the Puppet Master. So essentially, this is a world where pretty much everyone can be cyber-enhanced, and this Puppet Master has found a way of hacking uh, people uh, with their cybernetic bodies and their minds, Mm. Um, and he basically is trying to hack into like military secrets and, and stuff. And so she pursues him... Um, and in summary, it's a film about identity and humanity, which I really didn't quite expect. It was mm. quite a, a deep film on that level, which, uh, from the very few animes I've seen, it seems to be quite a recurring theme. They, they tend to be quite kind of deep on that level. Whereas in comparison to the trailers, at least that I'd seen of the live action remake, it was just kind of like your generic shoot 'em up. Um, so I was quite pleasantly surprised with that. Mm. It wasn't, it, there was action in it, but it, I think the the predominant theme and what you should take out of it was kind of the the meaning behind it. Um, so, and again, to spoil the ending of the anime, uh, I don't know if you... No, go ahead. You know. so, uh, so she ends up major meeting the, the puppet master by kind of try and hack into him. Mm. Uh, anyway, they have a conversation um, and he says that he wants to join her in her shell. Mm-hmm. Um, so the body is known as the shell and the mind is known as the ghost, hence ghost in the shell. And he says that, you know, he he wants to feel what it's like to be human and to, you know, know humanity and reproduction and things like that because he was saying, like, I'm not going to be on this earth much longer but I've never felt anything really human because he's just like uh, a virus or some sort of computer code and on that level it was quite deep I was like oh I didn't expect this like you know you know as a robot or a piece of code he was sort of contemplating real uh, humanity even though most humans are now 90% robot was he an actual robot or was he a human that used to you turn into a robot I think I think he was just some sort of piece of code. He was like a project. I don't think he ever had a so human in... mind or consciousness. I think he became sentient no. out of being okay. developed. Okay. I mean, he does at one point have a physical body, but mm. that's because he has transferred his consciousness into that body. What about um, Major? Like, does she have a heart? Does she have a, have a brain? She has a brain. She has a human brain. Mm. Um, but... She, her body's basically all constructed, like, robotic. Mm. Um, so, yeah, again, it's kind of like, how much humanity can you retain um, whilst you're a robot? And so, Ollie, you and I have both seen the live-action yeah. remake. Um, so it sounds very similar to the it, anime. It is very similar. Um, and there are set pieces within the film that mirror... The anime. So okay. the anime is beautifully drawn. Yeah. Um, it really is visually stunning uh, for an animated film. And 
again, like, it's quite light on character development, but again, it's not really about the characters, it's about the overarching themes. Mm. Whereas, and again, we're probably going to be spoiling the live-action remake of Ghost in the Shell, but the themes from that were more family and kind of self-identity. It was more about Major, like Scarlett Johansson's character, mm. um, than the themes itself. So they give her more of a backstory. They give her like uh, a motivation for wanting to to find... Um, what's his name? Uh, the guy played by Michael Pitt. The one who says, you are a beauty. Mm. <laughs> but I can't remember his name. But anyway, so tell us about the live-action remake of Ghost in the Shell. So it's relatively similar as to what you said for the anime. Um, so there are twists and turns about halfway through the film, but again, it's really about... It's her trying to find herself um, within this... Because obviously, as Glenn said, in, you're in a constructed body and you, you're essentially trusting the people around you. Mm. Um, because I always think that in those sorts of films, like if you've seen Robocop, that especially for the most recent Robocop, like they reduce the activity of the brain so much or they enhance the body so much that you don't really know where one ends and one begins. Mm. Um, but in Robocop, they do it to such an extent that he is mostly robot because um, obviously he's like fighting he's like no let me control the body but they're like you're not doing your job properly and he eventually ends up investigating his own not murder because he's not dead but his um, what's the word his, his assault I guess mm. um, so yeah um, I enjoyed the film i got to say um, visually as well but when I was first watching it I first started getting into it for the first five minutes I was like I, I really don't want to like this film some, mm -hmm. for some reason mm -hmm. I don't know why um, I know you've seen the trailer like 12 times true and it did just seem like a like it was just going to be like fighting yeah. for the whole thing um, but I love the, the like the sci-fi aspect so it, it was it, it reminded me a lot of um, Total Recall actually mm -hmm. like with the the robotic enhancements for humans but yeah. um I gotta say, if in a world like that, I don't think I want to live, where it's you don't know the difference between who's robot and who's yeah. human, because okay. that is just eerie for me. Mm. I think like because it's it's all like in an it's an urban jungle, cause yeah. it is um, in the city, um, and I think that's the way we're going anyway. But I don't want to be in that kind of society, um, and it's just scary, man. I mean, some of the things aren't far off. <laughs> yeah. This guy, he he um, essentially gets replacement for his eyes. He can like X-ray and things like that, and you know, it, like nowadays, that's that's not far off. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, you can like search the internet with your glasses, and you can get um, modifications. You can see, you can hear. So it is an amazing thing, but I think for if you're able to, it's a bit. Why would you enhance yourself? Yeah. I think point. like you're picking up on your point about the visual effects. They were amazing, stunning, yeah. weren't they? Like. The you know even from the trailer and mm. and the fifteen minute footage that we saw before yeah. Free Fire, yeah. you can tell the visuals are really really good. Mm. Um, I went into it and I thought I was gonna hate it. Mm. So to give you guys context, we saw Free Fire earlier in the week, and included with the film was fifteen minutes of uh, bonus footage of another film, 
and we were all like, oh my God, what's it going to be? Is it going to be like Guardians of the Galaxy or is yeah. it going to be, you know, we were like hyped for it. And then not only did we see the trailer for Ghost in the Shell, but then the 15 minutes of footage turned out to be Ghost in the Shell. Do you know how angry I was? <laughs> and literally, I was literally, I was so disappointed. Obi was just like, Fuck's sake. <laughs> I was so disappointed when that came up on the screen. So anyway, oh, this God. footage was supposed to be in 3D. Oh, and yeah. we were given 3D glasses it's for it. it was... The 3D did not work. No, it was like... Non- did you watch it in 3D? No, I watched it in 2D. You? No. Oh, okay. But, I was going to say, was it, good so in, was it better in the actual film? Even when we had our glasses on, the, the image was separated. Because you know yeah. like 3D, they shoot it twice and they overlay the image. Mm. But yeah, it just looked terrible. I couldn't understand Rubbish. a single thing that was going on. And I threw my glasses down in disgust. Yeah, that was hilarious. And it was just awful. And I was like, I really don't want to see this film. Mm. But I've got, I've seen the anime now, so I might as well go and watch it. Mm. And to be honest, it was better than I thought it would be. Mm. Um, again, like, I really enjoyed the visuals. What do you think about the controversy about Scarlett Johansson playing the... So the whitewashing. Yeah. I think it is such a shame that they feel that they need to... Because her mum. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, so part of the film is... Right, so Scarlett Johansson's character plays Major. And it basically follows a similar plot to the anime. where But there's a, uh, a figure who hacks and kills uh, some Hanker employees. And Hanker Robotics is the company that basically builds all these cybernetic people. So this person is killing all these people, trying to find information about a project. Um, the difference between the animation is that the the person kind of kills the employees. Like, that isn't really a part of the anime. And also he's given a physical body. Hmm. Um, and then it, he kind of, you know, uncovers uh, the fact that Scarlett Johansson's memories that she, she... So she keeps getting glitches of memory. And it turns out that they're false. Um, and that, that, you know, they've actually, there's a sort of hidden agenda. Um, anyway, long story short, turns out that the main guy, Cutter, who's the main villain of the piece, he, um, has been taking kind of runaway children, um, and kind of destroying their bodies and keeping their minds to develop them into kind of weapons. Um, so mm. yeah, so the live action remake gives more character development kind of expands the plot, which kind of works and it doesn't. I kind of appreciate what they're trying to do because obviously American kind of overarching themes is like family and, you know, they have to build that. And obviously there's got to be some sort of governmental corruption in there. That's mm. just standard. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I kind of treat the anime and the live action separate because the, whilst they're quite similar in a lot of respects, that the, the remake expands and therefore in a lot of respects you can't really compare it too much um obviously prefer the anime but i didn't do you think i didn't didn't think it was too bad did you think she did justice to the role though um i think she was all right yeah i don't know um who else i would have seen in that role well you know it doesn't have to be someone named but i think someone else could have probably just as well have played that role and i think actually um, having her do it I mean I saw an extract of the original writer of Ghost in a Shell um, saying that yes Scarlett Johansson was the best person for it 
Um, and I don't know, maybe they like because maybe they love Scarlett. Everyone like people love Scarlett Johansson because they were like, oh, she's like a global figure. But I think in in the reality of the world that it was set in, she probably wouldn't have been ideal. No, well, because that's the thing. Like, so part of the backstory they give her is that it's she in Tokyo, right? She thinks that her family are immigrants and that they were destroyed on the boat coming over, and then she goes and and finds out that she did have she, her family still alive, um, and she goes and meets her mother, but the mother is a Japanese lady, but whereas Scarlett Hansen is, is <laughs> so obviously like, is obviously Caucasian. Mm. Um, which I guess is what you were kind of elaborating on in terms of why is her mother Japanese? If... Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I know well, she, her, she's, well, there's we no mention, that. but it's, it's her shell. Well, that's what I was going to say. But I'm like, yeah, but why would you make a shell in the form of Scarlett Johansson? Unless mm. they're all, like, in that case, they should all be uniform. Yeah. Mm. Um, I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. And it's, it is a shame because Hanka is a Japanese company, whereas... 95% of the employees there are Caucasian. Um, what really annoys me as well is the main kind of... The head of Section 9 is a Japanese man mm-hmm. and he speaks entirely in Japanese. But all of the other characters respond to him in English. Mm. So he says, you know, his piece in Japanese and they go, yeah, mate, cheers, no worries. <laughs> and I'm like... I hate that in films, and it happens so often. You have a character who is like they're playing the diversity card, ticket off. So you know they're Russian or German or French, whatever, and they speak in their native tongue, and people respond to them in in English. Mm. Why would you do that? Mm. It's so annoying. Like it is a film based on Japanese property set in Japan with the head of the section who is Japanese. Why don't you just get the characters to speak Japanese, even if you're not casting like Japanese or Asian actors? Get Scarlett Hansen to so speak Japanese. Bit, yeah. Just show them a little bit of respect. I'm not saying have the entire film in Japanese, but in those interactions, have it Japanese. It'll be a bit more authentic. Mm. I'm sure there are Asian actresses and actors that could have done just as well. Um, I know, like Chris mentioned a few weeks ago, you know, maybe the star power, the global star power of these people is more, but how, how are Asian actors ever going to become global stars if they're not? Very shown true. in, Very true. you know, apart from token roles in so, Hollywood films. So, you know, Kung Fu Panda 3 was, the only, I think, one of the first films, especially animated, um, and it was done in both um, English and Mandarin. But did you have Jack Black speaking Mandarin? <laughs> I don't think it was Jack Black, but that would have been great. Yeah. But even, like, you know, like the um, the Great Wall. Which, did you see that? I haven't seen it, no. Well, you know, Matt Damon. Like, <laughs> you know... Matt Damon, an American, and considering <laughs> America as an actual country has only been around since the 1800s, whereas China is probably the most ancient civilization in the, con- in, in the world. Mm. But obviously, they still need the Americans to uh, come and save them. Mm. Have you seen that film then? No. Uh, but well, I just know it's going to be <laughs> horrendously offensive. Yeah. About the film. Um, so, like, two questions, or three maybe. Uh, got over, does Scarlett Hansen's character fight a lot in the film? A fair bit. A fair bit, yeah. Um, when she's fighting, is she like <laughs> visible? She's visible for a lot of it. Yeah, I was gonna say because in the fifteen minutes I saw, she managed to turn herself invisible. So I was thinking, if you're fighting people, be invisible the whole time. Oh, the whole time. Yeah, so, yeah. I, don't, point. yeah. I don't quite know how that works because there are points in the film where characters are talking and then they kind of dematerialize. Yeah. Um, 
Feels like a hologram. Yeah, but there's a point, though, when Scarlett Johansson is talking to a prisoner and she dematerializes herself out of the cell and then she walks back into the cell. And I was like, why did you do that? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's just to sort of show off the visuals. Like, yeah. hey, look how cool this is. Um, Fair enough. I just want to say another... I know you've got another question, maybe. No, no, no. Oh, you don't. But there's a point... Uh, so the uh, another difference between the anime and the live action is um, in the anime, when Major's body is destroyed at the end with the mm. tank, um, uh, she has to have a new body. Okay. So they put her into another... Yeah. Like So basically, in the anime, uh, dead bodies um, are given new minds. Uh, whereas in the live action... The body is sort of created, like, uh, kind of with 3D printing. Okay. Um, so, obviously, when May just gets destroyed a few times, they just rebuild her same body. Um, and I guess that's the difference between having animation and live action, is you don't want to keep recasting the, the, the main character. So, I, I can understand why they did that. I thought it was a, a solid effort. Again, it was pretty, pretty average. Um... Some of the some of the things were relatively realistic, which I did like. So, example is towards the end when she's um, pulling the battery, um, like her arm starts tearing, and and I like that. That happens in the anime. Um, well. Yeah. Oh, so, but there was one part where she um, jumps off a building. Mm. Um, so she's she's going down the side of a building, and yet somehow comes through the window. And I yeah. think that's from the outside, right? Yeah. And I like logistically, how does that work? Because they were on the what, the forty first floor, and how 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 did he fall off a building and then automatically go to ninety degrees? I don't know. She must have fallen in some sort of arc. Yeah. That bugged me. That, that really <laughs> bugged me. I got the say. physics of this film. Yeah. Ugh. We're talking about uh, Japanese films. I saw the Japanese version of The Grudge the other day. Um, <laughs> what was that? What's The Grudge? So The Grudge is a horror film about um, uh, basically a grudge. Well, so the Japanese title is Juon, The Grudge. Essentially, it's I think it's like a, a mythical sort of spirit that is born out of a really hateful, horrible act. Mm. Um, so essentially, this little kid sees his mum murdered in front of him by his dad. And then he becomes this vengeful spirit. And then the house then becomes haunted and people that live there kind of encounter him and then become kind of vengeful themselves. It was actually quite um, intense. Mm. Like, I've seen the American one and it was, was alright. But this one was quite atmospheric. Um, again, is this, is this the original? Yeah. So again, like, it was quite quick to get into all the action. So within the first five minutes, like, you see... In, jump scares and, and things like that. So, again, like, I quite liked that. There's no bullshit. It was mm. just... Boom, boom, boom. You would have fucking hated it. Yeah. <laughs> you literally would have hated it. But um, it was kind of... I can't really remember much of the American remake, but it was kind of episodic. So there was different segments of people that it focused on, mm. and, like, and they all... It kind of interconnects. But, mm. um, yeah, it was just... It was basically just an hour and a half of just horror and jump scares there was you know a bit of plot um it didn't make awful lot of sense like cut jumped around a bit but in terms of just pure recommend it should we go see it if you like i think i think you would i think yeah if you're a horror fan you you should watch it i mean obviously it's subtitled but Mm. 
When, in Do you horror, ever find in yourself film, though just reading the subtitles and not actually focusing on what's going on? No, because in horror films, I don't think the the dialogue matters too much. It's more about the atmosphere. Okay, but what if 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 it was in a film like Ghost in the Shell that we were discussing, that is all about visuals, but you were saying that it should be in Japanese, which means it would be the subtitles. Would you then? No, because I think I think we can read quite quickly. Um, and I think in terms of subtitles, they're quite good at keeping what's on screen quite concise. Um, so I think it'll be fine. Because we watched, uh, uh, we watched Silent Voice. Silent Voice and we weren't, I wouldn't say we were distracted mm. by the subtitles too much. I mean, yeah, but if you're like in a, an action moment, you know, a fast moving moment and you're talking, and you're having to read subtitles, then that might take you away from the... You should have one eye on the subtitles and one eye on, <laughs> me on the rest of the screen. Yeah. I also saw another um, subtitled horror film called Under the Shadow. So it's, Why do you uh, watch horror films so much? Because I love horror films. Why? Because you well, like to be scared. I want to push myself to see what, you know. Why? <laughs> Why not, you know? I'm becoming a more advanced human being. No, I'm not really, I wish. But, You're um, dead inside, Glenn. That's it. why you're watching these things. <laughs> Seeing if you can feel something. <laughs> <laughs> so, Under the Shadow is a British-Iranian film. Um, I think it's in Arabic or maybe Farsi, I'm not quite sure. Um, but it's about, it's set in the backdrop of the Iran-Iraq war in the uh, 80s. And it's a, it follows um, uh, a family, a father, mother and daughter. And the mother tries to go back to university once they've been reopened, like after uh, the Iranian revolution. But because she was politically active, um, they won't let her back. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, and her husband gets conscripted into the army because he's a doctor mm. um, and then so she's left alone in this apartment block with basically other families most of whom are just you know the mother and child left um, and then her daughter starts saying that she can see this thing called a jinn which is uh, some sort of Middle Eastern demon um, and it you know, she believes it's taken her um, her favourite doll uh, and whilst all this is happening, like bombs are going off, and she's uh, and the mother's like, we need to leave, and she's like, I'm not leaving without the uh, the doll. Mm. Um, anyway, so the first half is kind of slow, um, scene setting, and you know it's one of those classic films where one person believes in the 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 demon, and the other people are like naysayers. Mm. Um, and then slowly but surely, like weird things start happening, and the mother like starts believing that she's um, burn the doll. As soon as you get that, well, she can't get that find gut it. feeling. Mm. She can't but find it. <laughs> it was a really, really good film. I wasn't expecting. Well, I'd never really heard of it, but it was quite a jumpy film. Um, the tension was good. It was. It wasn't boring. It was quite um, an engaging film. And even, like, the, the politics were quite interesting as well because there's a part where the mother flees with her daughter outside but she's not wearing her headscarf mm. and she gets stopped by the police and then they arrest her and they're like, how dare you, you should be ashamed of yourself being outside without your... This doesn't sound like a horror. This sounds like a, I don't know, like a drama, really. Mm. It, well, there are elements of horror in it but I think I think that the politics of it are interesting because mm. um, obviously you're kind of like, you're running for your life but... You know, the thing that people are most concerned about is the fact that she's, you know, uh, what not wearing, she's thing. showing her hair or something. Mm. Um, so I thought it was really, if you like horror, um, 
obviously isn't for you, Obi, but maybe for you, Ollie. Like it was a it was a really good film. I would recommend it. Um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not gonna watch it. But fair <laughs> okay. Well, then what have you watched? Um, I watched uh, the Dark Knight Returned Part One. So what's that? It's a DC animated film, Batman film. Um, I think it's. I think I'm not sure. It's supposed to take place between the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. Okay. In between that, in between that period of time, so it's been. I think Batman has like hung up his cape, so to speak, and it's been like ten years or something like that since he since he was lost, spotted. So he's like a, he's like an old man, <laughs> still wedged though. Like I, it annoys me how they portray uh, the superheroes and uh, to be in these animated films because like. Compar- comparative to the other characters in the film, Batman must be at least like ten feet tall and about <laughs> six feet wide. But anyway, so he's retired. He's um, trying to fill his life with some sort of excitement now that he's not uh, able to beat people up. Oh, but as a billionaire, that must be hard. Well, he he's um this, it starts with him um uh, on a race tra- race track. So he's like NASCAR, or whatever whatever it's called, um, and the. <laughs> he's like driving really really fast like dangerously fast and there's uh, someone on his communication support or whatever they're saying like you need to slow down they're like I'm putting on manual <laughs> manual override or stuff like that and then he just like says like, oh fuck this sort of thing and punches through the, <laughs> the screen rips out loads of wires and suddenly he gets all the power back and he just starts speeding up in the car sets on fire <laughs> he does like loads of loads of top fours but he makes he makes out alive so it's all cool anyway Commissioner Gordon is about to retire I think he's like 70 or something um the Joker's in a mental asylum, as is Harvey Dent. Um, same one? Arkham Asylum? Same one, yeah. I don't know, uh, probably Arkham Asylum, I think it is, yeah. So yeah, the Joker's like sedated and like, he's like, gone. Like, no like no one, like no one there. Um, uh, so they do like Harvey Dent, like, uh, they f- they fix his face, because his face gets m- fucked up in uh Dark Knight. Dark Knight, yeah. So they're like, oh yeah, your face is normal now. We've managed to make all sides the same. Da, 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 da. So then he goes up to the press and says, oh, I'm sorry for what I've done, blah, blah, blah. And then he disappears. So then Batman's having all these nightmares because basically he wants to get back out in the action. So he decides, he basically decides to put his cape back on and starts fucking people up again. And then he's going after these people called the Mutants or something like that because they've been terrorising the city for like the past 10 years because Batman's not been around to stop them. So he goes after them, fucks them up, um, saves this girl called Kerry Kelly who goes home and is inspired to become the next Robin I don't know oh and in this sorry in this universe uh, Batman and Dick Grayson don't speak and Jason Todd is dead so that's the first that's the first Robin and the second Robin they're both, they're okay. both out of commission so yeah this girl called, called Kerry Kelly goes out and tries to <laughs> tries to save people and at this point I'm just like <laughs> obviously it's a cartoon but I'm just like this is, this is silly but um, and then yeah she ends up saving Batman's life and Batman takes her in. It's like, yo, yeah, you're gonna be my next Robin. Blah 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 blah. Third time lucky. Yeah, yeah literally, <laughs> literally. Hoping, hopefully, third time lucky. But yeah, they fight. They they defeat the mutants. Um, it's like it's not that long. I think it's like an hour and ten minutes. Um, but yeah, it's the way that, the way it ends is they're like people are on the TV like debating whether or not Batman's existence is good or not. Like the whole vigilante blah blah blah, blah versus the law thing, and um, they play. It gets played in the asylum, and the Joker. Here's the here's the word Batman, and he just says like Batman, Batman, and he goes like Hello my darling, and starts laughing in his in his weird Joker voice, and you see like his smile like 
that back. smile come back yeah so I'm sure there's a part so there's a part two I'm assuming part two is much more like got Joker in it and stuff like that so I think that's going to be better than part one part one was okay but yeah it was alright what do you think of like animated versions of films like is it part of the canon in terms of like do we do we take it as is each Batman animated film separate I think it, I think it it, sh- it shouldn't be taken as canon because lo- a lot less people watch it okay the, because like if for example if in um, in the animated let's say Commissioner Gordon dies and then we watch Dark Knight uh, Rises and Commissioner Gordon's dead we're going to be like what? <laughs> when, did, yeah. when did that happen? sort of thing true well a lot of people obviously a lot of people won't be but more people will be because so you're going to be updating us on the second one yeah yeah I watched the second one this week at some point and I'll let you know what happens I think um, the, I think it's good to have animation because they have that with like Star Wars, didn't they? Like yeah. Clone Wars or yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Because I guess you can quickly and you get more I guess freedom. Can't fairly get more freedom. cheap. Yeah, more freedom. I guess you can produce them fairly quickly yeah. and I, I guess for cheaply. Like, I think the budget for this was like three million. Yeah, I and then you can like explore like different mm. different storylines within it, and then maybe I guess all the big ones just end up on the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the on the big screen. I like I like it as well because on the. Um, so in Logan, he's like he gets a comic that she has, and he's like, like barely any of this yeah, actually yeah. happened, and I like that kind of like teasing it. So yeah. it's literally like a comic just made out for a bit of profit. Mm. So I gotta say though, I do love uh, animated like superhero mm. movies. Yeah, well, I I've only ever seen the Killing Joke, but um, it's better than the Killing Joke. I've heard, and, mm, yeah, it's been I've heard there are quite a few good ones, like, especially in the DC universe. Yeah, yeah, DC do the be- do the better ones, I think. Have you ever seen any Marvel ones? I've seen. A, I think it was Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. And it wasn't very good. So, <laughs> so yeah. You've also uh, taken a big step this week. Oh, yeah. Tell I us watched, about that. I watched, He's done it. I watched Lord of the Rings. The first one, Fellowship of the Ring. So, before I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, let me see how long it is. Thinking, oh, maybe it's going to be like... I, so, I thought they were going to be like, get, be like... Reasonable level. Let's say reasonable level. I don't understand why you thought. I this. don't know because I was thinking, okay, it's gonna be like kind of like you know Harry Potter. Harry, first Harry Potter was like an hour and a half, hour forty five, you know, and then it progressively gets longer as you go through this, as you go through the films. So I thought, okay, first of the rings gonna be like say hour forty five. Second one's gonna be two hours and a bit. Third one's gonna be three. I knew the third one was really. No long, mate, so as you mean to go on. gonna be three hours. The first one is almost the theatrical cut is almost three hours long. The the, the extended cut is what three hours and forty eight minutes or something like that. Which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Did you watch the theatrical or the no, extended? No, I watched it for the theatrical. Imagine watch, imagine watching the extended cut. Jesus Christ! Well, I told you it would take you about well, nine days to watch. When it. you said they were long, I didn't think I didn't even know that. No, I literally <laughs> said they were like three hours long. long, man. Honestly, so the first one, um, so I watched, I watched, tried to watch it on Friday night. Watched five minutes, fell asleep. Watched it on Saturday night. I got an hour and probably about fifteen minutes in, fell asleep. And I woke up about around about two hour mark, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this? Who the fuck is this? Where the hell are they?" So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go to sleep." And I finished watching the rest of it this morning. So I've watched it in two. I watched it in two parts basically. And what's your verdict? It's all right, you know. <laughs> I know because I thought it was gonna. I thought, "Oh, I'm gonna hate this." Da, 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 da. I mean, it was it was it was decent enough to keep me engaged, but I, it doesn't make me really like. I'm not planning to watch the second one. What is it about it that doesn't float your boat? There's nothing in particular about it. It's just. Um, is it your expectation? Because you say you you expected it to be or to not enjoy it, mm. but you did end up enjoying it. And I know that when we've just talked about it, when you have an expectation of something being really good, mm. you end up not liking it mm. as yeah. much as you mm. first anticipated. Mm. So do you think that has anything to do with it? Maybe, probably, probably. 
I don't know. I just, like, like it's not amazing. Like, it's okay. Like, it's a solid. Probably, a, probably, a set, probably a seven. It's okay. all right. What about the seven soundtrack? out of seven out of seven? Yeah. Yeah. What about the soundtrack? Because that's only something you said that you like most about it, right? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was okay. Yeah, there was man. a few. I was like, I was like, there was a few, maybe two or three moments, and I was like, oh yeah, this is really cool. So there was the bit where they stopped where they fought the orcs for the first time. The goblins. The yeah. Yeah, yeah, the ones. Um, and the bit where Gandalf was like, "You shall not pass," and then he died. That's pretty cool. Oh, spoilers! <laughs> Gandalf dies. Um, and the bit where where Ned Stark, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know his name, Boromir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he starts going. One after, does not simply. Yeah. Uh, when he starts going after Frodo, like trying to get the ring. I thought that was. I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> See what that that. I, so I've read the books as well, um, and you probably wouldn't have a good time reading them because yeah. obviously that's Ned. Um, but in the books, they do talk about um, like that that segment. Mm. Obviously, a lot of the film, um, but that is one bit that always sticks out that I remember in the books because it's literally just how I imagined it. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's something that I really enjoy mm. about both of them, both because often with books and films, sometimes you get collaborations that having a book um, and then it coming out on film, it kind of ruins the imagination that you initially had. Yeah. And so it is sometimes good that they don't always stick to everything exactly mm. and they don't do the whole storyline, even though mm. sometimes you wish they did. Um, but yeah, sorry. I just are, there any, to... are there any po- points of the book that they um, don't include or that they you feel they don't do it justice? Yeah, there are a number, um, but I can't, I can't name them all for you. Um, but I, I would say... Mm. What's better, the films or the books? I'm always a film person, and especially for Lord of the Rings, yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, how old are like, so like Frodo and them lot? How old are they? Supposed to be supposed to be supposed to be in the film. Supposed to be in the films. Yeah, like roughly. Um, uh, twenties, thirties. Really? Interesting. Frodo, yeah. Well, because um, like they act like children, <laughs> like 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 maybe not Frodo, but. Not Sam, but the other two. The other two. Marion Pippin. Yeah, they act like children. Yeah, yeah. So it's because of their their like bloodline, because they're from a, a took, okay. which means they're like adventurous. Okay. Um. So, um. Later on, um, they talk about in the Hobbit. Mm. Um. Gandalf says to talking to Bilbo, he's like, "Yeah, but I'm a Baggins," and then Gandalf's like. Yeah, but you're also a toque, mm. which means that you should be like more adventurous and mm. go out and explore. Mm. Um, and obviously, as well, a little bit dim-witted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They seem a bit silly. And Elijah Wood looks about 12. Yeah, he does. He, was like, he like, is not aged, mate. He still looks he was about like two, 12. He was like 20 when they filmed that, I think. And he looks so young. I'm just like, bloody hell. Good but, cast. Good cast. Yeah, no, it was decent. Viggo Mortensen. You know, Woo. Legolas and all that. You know, it was alright. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like... They should have followed Ned Stark. Whatever, whatever Ned Stark wants to do, they should be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> if he said, said give me the ring, you should have given him the ring. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. But yeah, it was okay. Um, might watch a second one, probably not for a while. But, yeah. <laughs> it would take you a while to yeah, watch it. Yeah, that's the thing, because imagine that the, um, so the, the extended cut of the third one is like, what, four and a half hours? Yeah. Something like that. Oh Who the hell God. would would go to watch a four and a half hour film in one sitting? Well, the people do marathons of these. That's like mental. They go to the cinema and watch all of them I back to back. Hello? Couldn't. Have you done that? Yeah. Oh you don't go to the cinema, but look, it's here. It's here. We're in my room. And there is all the extended cut and the Hobbit. I couldn't do that, yeah, honestly. Me, honestly. But yeah, it was all right. It was decent. 
That is an entire weekend. That is. Uh, I'll tell you what. So, a few years back, New, New Year's, New Year's Day, mm. they had Fellowship Two Towers Return of the King. Mm. Straight after that, Fellowship Two Towers Return of the King. And then again, I was like, yes, this is the best way to start a new year. Oh, my God. Love it. That'll take you the rest of the year. Mm. All right, tell us about what you've been watching this week. Like so, so, started off with... So, last week, I, I said that I was going to watch Ace Ventura 2. Yep. So, I quickly caught up on that. Mm. Any sharks? Um, no sharks, thankfully. Um, <laughs> but I think that's it's, it's a film that sh- should always remain as just a single, a standalone film. Because mm. it was like a, a funny film that... You know, it was very unique, but I know we always say that sequels don't do justice, um, and I think that, yeah, actually, they should definitely should have stuck with the original um, pet detective story okay. of Ace Ventura. Um, but i got to say, you know, love Jim Carrey's character. Classic. Um, so, enjoyed that. Um, Surely that sort of film's due a reboot, right? <laughs> do you reckon? I don't know. I think that... I, I don't think it'll be the same. I've heard so, they're rebooting Doctor Doolittle. Really? Yeah, apparently Robert Downey Jr. is in talks to do that. Oh, that would be weird. Like, so, it's it's strange when you have someone else doing that character, obviously, because we've grown up with it. So, Jim Carrey as Ace Ventura, as a pet detective, you love. But he's also in um, Lemony Snicket's... A series of Unfortunate Events. Yes, and that's been redone pretty much exactly the same, isn't it? But On with Netflix, Neil Patrick yeah. Harris. Mm. Um, and I think that... Is, it, is he doing it justice? I haven't seen it, so I can't say, mm. but... I think that, like, you know, Jim Jim Carrey's character in that gave me goosebumps. Because mm. <laughs> um, he is that kind of, like, strange, strange character. Um, yeah, so, other than that, I tell you what, I got around to finishing Ant-Man. So, I, I first, I watched the first half on a, on a plane journey. Didn't get to finish it. I was actually quite upset, because mm. I was enjoying it. So, this is the second Marvel film? In two weeks. Oh, my gosh. Well, it was only half the film. We're pulling you in. We're pulling you in. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. It was Paul Rudd. Paul Redfield. It was funny, wasn't it? He's, he's hilarious. It was good. I like that. I like that, man. Yeah. No, it was it was decent. Um, I don't know what I liked about it, though, but I think it's that it, there wasn't this hugely... I mean, it was like a classic story, um, but it wasn't like a hugely powerful villain. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was pretty much exactly the same as Ant-Man, wasn't he? Mm. Um, whereas, like, I know, like, Guardians of the Galaxy and a lot with your Avengers, the villain has just got to be, like bigger and more followers and more powerful but I don't yeah. I don't often want to see that in a villain mm. and I mean sometimes for the main like lead character I don't often want to see them as having superpowers I just want to see them as like an, or- an ordinary person or an underdog and that like their villain is someone who is just like quite psychological like manipulative yeah. it, they don't have to have all this like like huge muscles and things like that like Bane obviously mm. um, but like you know, you can have a, a villain who's villainous for different reasons, and mm. I, I, mm. I love that. Um, There's a lot of because originally it was going to be directed by Edgar Wright, who did like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, things like that. I think I don't know if you pick up on any parts of that 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 you probably thought actually that that would be Edgar Wright. So you know that like, the train chase at the end, yeah. the Thomas the Tank Engine yeah, yeah. bit, and <laughs> so you know you cuts between like being like sort of thrilling on the actual train and then it cuts back and you just see the little toy going <laughs> round and then like Thomas crashes. <laughs> I thought, yeah, it was, it was so funny. And then Michael Pena's that character when he's like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> like just 100 miles an hour. It was, it was really funny. That was good, yeah. Brilliant. So you're now, what's the next Marvel film on your list that you can watch? I don't know. Is there anything coming out in the next week? 
Uh, well, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out soon. Have you watched um, the first one? Yeah. Do you like it? No. No? Oh, so no. you have seen Guardians of the Galaxy? I have seen the first one, yeah. Okay. Hmm. I reckon you should watch Iron Man. I've seen it, mate. Seen, seen Thor? Huh? Seen Thor? No. I think you like Thor. The first oh, one. Thor shit. Do you think? Yeah. I like the first one. I think you like the first one. I've been ranking the Marvel films this week. Huh? I've been ranking the Marvel have films you? this week. Uh, yeah. I'm, so I'm, I know we keep mentioning that we're going to do a... Uh, Superhero entire dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and we will and we're scheduling it for uh, the weekend of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 release so we're going to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 review that and then smash out Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> um, you've got to watch Civil War if you haven't already Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> come on man that is the let's argue that's, that's top three obviously we it's been, like you'd rank your films differently because you like different things of you like different aspects of superhero films that we do. So. But it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, and that's kind of got all the characters that you kind of need to know at this current point in time. Aside from Hulk. Yeah. You've also watched... Watch Thor. Watch Thor. Nah. Watch Thor. <laughs> you watched Contagion. Yeah. Yeah. What is that about? I don't know if so I've So Contagion is essentially a... You're not really following a single character, not a standalone character, because um, I thought you were going to be following Matt Damon's character throughout the entire thing. Um, it's following um, an epidemic. So it's a, a virus that turns out to be fatal, mm. um, but it's global as well. So it is um, a big issue because they're trying to figure out the cause and you're following the storyline of... You, so from different aspects so you're following from the CDC um, so the Centre of uh, Prevention of Disease Centre of Disease Control Control um, and so you're following them but you're also following this the story of Matt Damon but you're also following people who are working on the front line um, so treating the infected and finding what caused it um, and yeah it goes from day zero to day you know, when they find the cure. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Good cast. Um, there was... I don't think the trailer did it justice. Um, admittedly, I thought it was going to be quite a dull film. But it definitely made me a little bit sceptical... Not sceptical, but cautious about yeah. like just people coughing. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, there's no way I'm going outside without a mask and gloves and a hazmat suit. Is it like a horror film? No, no, no. Oh, no. No. And do they turn into zombies? No, but... <laughs> um, when they were all like coughing and spluttering on the like on a bus, I it, I remembered of uh, some of the scenes from Shaun of the Dead at the beginning. Yeah, it mm. definitely reminded me of that, and I was like, oh my god, they're gonna turn into zombies or something. <laughs> okay, so series seven of Walking Dead has just finished. Mm. So that um, is zombies. Uh, that is zombies. Or they don't ever refer oh, to them. Now. No, so well by the time this comes out. Season seven would have finished. Yeah, yes. and I've just started season seven, right. so I literally. Smashed out five episodes. So what made you get back on the train? Because when you like, well, because I heard that Negan's like a really good villain. So Negan's a villain of series seven, mm. I assume. Um, mm. And I've heard that it gets really good. Mm. So because I've like I've said before in this podcast, series four was fucking diabolical, mm. um, and it really put me off. And then the beginning of series five was quite slow as well. Mm. But I thought, all right, I'll give it another chance because obviously everyone's raving about it now, and I want to be on that bandwagon. Mm. Um, so I've finished watching series five. Pretty decent. They go to a place called Alexandria. Mm. Um, I quite like it when they're in like a set, uh, a set place, mm. and um, 
you know, you can just kind of, there's a semblance of normality to their life. Yeah. Um, I think that's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, so you think things are picking up? Yeah, I just kind of want to see how life is in this environment. Um, and then Series 6 is really good. Uh, so you've got the people with the W's on their head. Um, uh, and, and, you know, like, again, things obviously evidently start to fall apart. And then, um, yeah, so I... Because I was watching it through Now TV, and it said that on so on Friday I was going to watch an episode and it said I had seven hours to watch series six before they take it off mm. and I was like fuck I've got five episodes left so I literally <laughs> oh smashed out five episodes <laughs> in seven hours I finished at like 2am and um, and it ends with them like uh, outside all in a, in a row and Negan like ends up smashing one of them in the head and you don't know who until well that's the thing because I'd heard spoilers right because you guys have talked about it and um, social media and stuff but I, even though I knew who it was I, I watched the first episode of series 7 yesterday and it was so affecting like like I was watching it with my girlfriend and she cried because it was that distressing mm. I cried and <laughs> and it was it made me feel quite sick it mm. was one of the most violent and goriest things I've ever seen and I watched that shit mm. like I've seen a lot of horrible like films mm. with lots of gore and stuff but I don't it know it wasn't ma- just about the gore though as well was it because no, it, it was, was like the teasing like, it was the, the it was mentality the, the sadistic threat that mm. he puts them all under and he's just Negan is just an absolute fucking nutcase mm. and I think also what made it more affecting and credit to the writing and acting is that you followed all of these characters and you know them really well and you like a lot of them. Um, and then to see them all so distressed and to have see like Rick. a member of their family, like, you know, quote unquote family killed, mm. or two of them to be fair. And then, yeah, so like Rick's for six seasons, for 90 odd episodes has been built up as the lead and he's so strong and knows himself and then Negan just rips into shreds like that so I know you're not going to watch it are you but and I know you've seen beyond this but when he he takes him into so Negan takes Rick into the van and then he's like throws his axe on the roof and he's like get my axe and yeah. he's like you can kill me but I will fucking kill you and and then then you know he's like psychologically torturing him then he takes him back and he, he's like gets his son and puts his son on the ground and goes, if you don't chop your son's arm off, I'm going to kill every single one of your friends and I'm going to make you watch. And then and then he's like, three. And then Rick's like, just do me, kill me. And he's like, no, you've got to chop your son's arm off. Mm. And he's like, no, no, no. And you can see like Rick going from hard man to absolute wreck. Mm. And he goes, like, okay. And he goes to chop his son's arm off and then Negan's like, you're mine, I own you. And I was like... I like yeah, credit to Carl though like, because he is yeah. like just do it, Dad, for God's sake. I, I was so <laughs> angry at Negan and I was so invested. I was like, oh, you're such a cunt. I was like, I really want to kill you. Please kill him. But I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously credit to the writing. But so the, one of the characters that gets killed has been there since episode one, mm. and he gets smacked on the head with this baseball bat, which mm. is covered in barbed wire, and his mm. eyeball pops out, and he's and his wife who's pregnant with his child, mm. sees this, mm. and he's like, and he's like gurgling because he's blood, and I was just like, 
and it was just really hard to watch. Yeah. Really hard to watch. It was like, a tough start to the season. I was like, <laughs> dear me. And, and then Wait, I was like, I think Game of Thrones is pretty bad as well. It's pretty brutal. I was like, I can't go to bed on this. So I had to watch episodes of like Inside Amy Schumer just to like make myself <laughs> laugh. I was jeez. But I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. Um, yeah, so, so how I, is well, I'm up to the penultimate um, episode okay. for the ending of season seven, so I won't give you any spoilers. Um, but, I mean, with that, do you think that you would have enjoyed that more if you didn't know what was going to happen? Um, no, because I was, was still affected by it. Yeah? So, it, it, I mean, because I thought Glenn was the only one that dies at that point. But then when they killed um, uh, Abraham... I was like, oh, maybe Glenn dies later in the series. And then, boom. So I was actually still quite surprised by it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of... Cause I really want... when uh, Hopefully Negan dies eventually. But I hope that it is the most horrible, excruciating death ever. Because mm. like in terms of Joffrey, right? He was class A prick. And his, he, his death was really shit. Mm. Um, so I really want Negan's death to, to be really <laughs> satisfactory. Torturous. But in terms of uh, so the rest of the series seven, then what's what's it like? Yeah, so we've been following the survivors, um, and they are first of all trying to cope with this new way of life where they are Negan's bitches essentially and doing everything for him. Um, some of them disagree. Some of them say actually this isn't a way of life because we've always stood up for s- defending ourselves, and so we like should fight. Um, so there's a little bit of conflict within the, like the camp of Alexandria. Um, but you're not just following now. You you don't just follow them. There are other communities. So this isn't. So Walking Dead has kind of evolved from like you follow different characters in a group. You're now following different groups in this like expanding world because I'm assuming well zombies aren't really the threat anymore, um, or like single zombies aren't because obviously they were right at the beginning. Mm. Um, but so we're coming up to the end of season seven and it's going to be all out war. Um, which is um, Alexandria rising up to fight the saviors. So I'm not going to go into any more detail, mm-hmm. but the comment. So the the last episode is on tomorrow night, um, and if they leave it on a cliffhanger, anything like they did season six, then yeah, it's going to be can't wait for season eight. Because they said that they've got plans for the next ten years or so, like of where it's going to go. Or at least, you know, they know where season 12's going and then they've got ideas for the rest. Mm, I don't know if it's going to keep going, though. So, I mean, like you said, season four was pretty much a whole dead season. And now they, they've done, like, the zombie, they've done the human, because the governor back in season three, uh, season two, season three. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, what, what's going to be next? What, what I really want to see next? is how this outbreak has affected the rest of the world. I want to see how you know what it's like in the UK or you know just anywhere across the world. Picture twenty eight days later. <laughs> well, yeah, just because we're just confined within Georgia, you know the state of Georgia at this point, and there's a part where the I don't know if you remember when Carol and Maggie get captured by the ginger lady and um, they're in the warehouse. Mm, yeah, yeah. And ginger lady says that she was working in um, DC and they they got all the important people out first. I was like, there must be some sort of government, like, still intact. But the military, yeah, so... Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see some, you know, some form of exploration of why the outbreak started, because that... If you want that, then go to check out Fear of the Walking Dead. 
because that okay. is that is a prequel. But by the end of the first season, it is the first episode of The Walking Dead, and you kind of like that. Didn't really do it justice. Okay. Um, but if yeah, if you're really getting into your Walking Dead, check out Fear of the Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, but I just want to see more of the mythology. Like, there's got to be some sort of government. What are they doing? Are they trying to find a cure? How did this start? What's happening around the world? How how funny would that be though if like everywhere else was not affected? <laughs> it was just this this one state, poor like everyone just fighting, thinking it is literally like fight for survival. Everyone else is just like chilling out. Mm. So I'm looking forward to watching series seven. Does it get any more brutal than the first episode? I don't think it can, but no, mate, you you'll be all right. Okay, and then the big thing that's coming this week. Sit down, sit down, sit down next to me. Oh, sit down. The trailer for Game of Thrones. Oh, fucking hell. I was thinking like, what? <laughs> Do you not listen to the music, <laughs> Not man? really, no. Fucking hell, that was such a good tune. <laughs> I want to try and add that to our uh, our um, Spotify playlist. Oh, yes. How's that going? It's going all right. Yeah? Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep adding stuff to it. Right, yeah, to Game of Thrones. Another teaser trailer. <laughs> awesome soundtrack. Oh, have you seen it? I have. Yeah. Khaleesi, Cersei, Jon Snow. Snow, Walker. Yeah. Walker, yeah. <sighs> it was quite. It was. It was good. I like. Obviously, like, that's the trailer that obviously didn't give away anything. But it's just like nice seeing these faces again. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> yeah. after, after a year, after a year away, we've still got like When's three it months. It's like July. July. Oh. I'm like. I missed I you so I, much. I cannot wait to talk about to talk about Game of Thrones. Oh, Black Weekly. Literally, I think I might cry. Yeah, me too. I really want to watch the whole of them again and reread them all. Mm. So, what do what, what do we get? What do you think that trailer is leading to? Well, assuming. I think. Well, can, I, can I say the end of it? So Cersei's breathing and it's like cold. frost, yeah. isn't mm. it? So I don't know if that has anything to do with what you guys have thoughts on, but. Like uh, if the walker is looking at King's Landing, mm. um, well, because he can see. Because so when Bran does his thing, he's now connected somehow to the Chief White Walker, isn't he? Because they could see one another. No, is that right? Because doesn't he? Yeah, in series six, like touched him. I thought yeah. White Walker touched him, so he knows that he can like always find him. Sort of thing. Yeah, but then because Bran can see future and past yeah. and stuff, so if Bran can somehow see what's happening in King's Landing, then mm. surely the White Walkers can. No? True. Yeah. Well, I think Series 7 is going to be a struggle for the throne, but yeah. I think it must be just between Cersei... Um, yeah, because Jon Snow didn't actually get on the throne. Yeah. He didn't get on the throne, did he? Um, and there's also that part in Series 2 when Khaleesi goes into that tower in Marine mm. and um, she then walks into the, the throne room, doesn't she, mm. and sits down. But it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I can't believe it's only going to be like eight episodes or seven or however many. We... Oh, God, I know. I didn't even think about that. Oh, man. It's going to be over so quickly. Who's dying? Uh, Cersei. Yeah, I agree. I think Cersei's going to die. Uh, I don't want it to. I think she will. I kind of want that to. She's a bad bee. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, also, it's WrestleMania Day this weekend, isn't mm, it? It is. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I haven't been into my wrestling for probably since like 2000, 2006, 2007. But before that, from that's a decade, mate. You're so old. I'm so tired, <laughs> honestly. From the ages of probably about, I don't know, eight to or maybe seven to twelve, like 
I was so I was like I was so ridiculously into wrestling. Like I'm into I'm really into like football now. Like before I was into football, wrestling was my football. But that was when wrestling was decent. Yeah, that's the thing. So like wrestling. <laughs> I've tried to watch so like sometimes on Sky One there's like Monday Night Raw or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. and I'm like okay I'll have a watch, and then some like steroid pumped up yeah. twat comes into the ring and just starts goading people. Yeah. There's no actual it's, wrestling. Yeah. Like they just he's he stands there and does some like stupid soliloquy mm. and then maybe no, they, they used to be good though, but they're only good when people with charisma do them. Yeah. People they've got now haven't got any but charisma. Where's the fighting man? Mm. Like they have like a two minute They're not allowed to <laughs> it's too PG now, they're not allowed to do anything. Like I think before like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, now they're they're not allowed to I'm pretty sure they're not allowed to show blood. On, I want uh, I want the Undertaker to throw pins on the floor and throw Kane down. Isn't it? And That's what I mean, it's Mick Foley, isn't it? And they had yeah, Gary Mick Foley off soft, the thing. Yeah, yes. Um, what was his name? Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack. I don't know, but yeah, Mick Foley had like three different personalities. And they'd go under the yeah, ring yeah, and they yeah, get yeah, a yeah. chair and they'd smack. There was I was talking about this yesterday on Xbox. So I was reminiscing about so you know Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy. Yeah. So Hardy. Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy were like partners. And then Lita came, the woman, and there was like a, they were like a trio for was ages. Was Lita the one who was Booker T's wife? No. Oh. That was... Oh, what was her name? Her name was like Cheryl or something. Oh, right. But, um, um, oh, i got a story about that as well, actually. Okay. <laughs> remind, remind, remind me about that, because that, that was a good storyline too. But this was a really good storyline. We need to talk about Mickey James as well. Trish Stratus. Okay. But back to Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy. So, I don't know if you remember, but Lita came and they were like a trio. And Matt Hardy and... Lita were like going out sort of thing and then Kane comes along and fucks up everything basically and fucked up them too and basically t- took Lita for like for like a prisoner <laughs> and then him and Lita got married <laughs> Lita got pregnant <laughs> and um yeah Lita got pregnant and then Matt Hardy was like all in his feelings obviously because he's got his girl I don't know if they were going on real life actually I'm not sure but they might have been but um yeah so obviously they had beef for ages and then Gene, I think his name was Gene Snitsky, came and he was a fucking psychopath. And basically, he, um, I think he like nut punched Lita or something like that and knocked her on the floor and she lost her baby. And then there was, there, and then <clears throat> um, he got a chair. This is in like a different, like a few, maybe a few, few weeks or few months later. Got a chair, put it on her neck in her, like a folded chair folded it so her neck was on the thing and then jumped off the ring and boom, walloped the chair so the thing whacked her neck and then there was blood everywhere. I might be getting Lita confused. With K- he might have done that to Kane, I'm not sure. But I just remember watching that and if you take them, there was obviously a coughing up blood and everywhere. You will never see that on, nah. on WWE today, ever. And was like, that back when Kane had a mask? No, that was shortly after Kane had a mask. Who is that? I'm going to look that up right now. I'm going to watch that. So it was uh, Lita... G and Gene Snit, I think his name is Gene Snitsky. Gene Snitsky. So he's the one who jumps off the. I think so. Yeah. Or I might, I might be getting my people mixed up. But I'm pretty sure it's them too. And then they also there's a storyline when Undertaker was actually buried alive or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mate, it's such a good storyline. It was so right? good. And like, so there was this, there was also a storyline where Booker T. This is where, where Booker T and his wife they were like you know like the duo. And Booker T was in a fucking slump. So what would happen was when Booker T's um, back was turned, his wife would get in the ring and and like knock someone over the head or something like that and Booker T would obviously obviously he knew about it but he would turn around and act like he didn't know about it and then just pin him and then they win then, and she tried to do it to Kurt Angle and Kurt Angle was like it, it, it got very rapey <laughs> like the scenes got very very rapey and um, 
so then Kurt Angle and Booker T had a, a, a thing in between for ages and then there was a scene where he like Booker T went out of his change room and his wife was still in there and then Kurt Angle comes into the room and the door closes and you don't even know what's happened don't know if someone's been assaulted or whatever and it's like you couldn't you, you like literally you can't do that now nah. you can't what was your favourite um like event type so you had like obviously... oh can I sorry can I just quickly it's I'll, it's really really sad now that I am of an age where like wrestling it's not really my thing anymore because now I'm old enough to like stay up and watch pay-per-views Obviously, back then, I couldn't watch yeah. any of it. It's really annoying, like, because it would be like, even Monday Night Raw was on, was on quite late. I think it might have been on, like, a repeat. It was on, like, 9pm or something like that. And even I couldn't have stepped to watch that. Couldn't step to watch any of the pay-per-views. They were on, at, like, t- they started at, like, 12. And I was so gutted, like, at that time. But obviously, now, I'm old enough to watch them. And they're all fucking shit now. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of the events, like, I I'll probably won't be able to name them all, but obviously, you've got WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, then you've got uh, Royal Rumble. Rumble. It's in January, yeah. Um, that's the one where they're all in, they just get thrown in out. the ring, yeah, yeah. So what's WrestleMania then? WrestleMania. So the person who wins the Royal Rumble gets a title challenge at WrestleMania. So um, Royal Rumble is just the thing they do in January. WrestleMania is like, the, it's the, the, the main event. Like, is that just two people fighting? No, WrestleMania is like, oh, it's, it's Kane, that's it. WrestleMania is like... Um, so we're just Ollie's just got, <laughs> Ollie's just got the video up of um, it's Kane, not Lee. Kane, not is it Matt Lee, Hardy? He's trying to do it. No. Uh, that yeah, that is pretty. Yeah. That's pretty gruesome. <laughs> oh my god, he's bleeding. Yeah. Huh? See, so you couldn't ever have that happen. Who's that? Is that Shawn Michaels? Yeah, Shawn Michaels. Oh. So this is Kane jumping on Shawn Michaels. Referee's just like yellow card, mate. There's <laughs> four referees, and they're all afraid to get into the ring. Yeah. So what happens in WrestleMania then? So WrestleMania is like the main event. Like everything happens. Like all the basically, what they do is like they'll start like feuds. Like you know, like the face and heel thing, like all that stuff. I think faces the good people and heels the bad people. But they'll everyone will have like their own storylines, and normally they'll come to a conclusion at WrestleMania. Uh. So like they'll get title challenges title challenges I'm pretty sure the Mickey James and Trish Stratus thing but I'm pretty sure that ended at Wrestlemania okay. with, with Mickey James is this Smackdown it? and Raw it's Smackdown and Raw yeah they and then even WCW or something WCW actually turned into WWE because it was kind of going concurrent with WWE then Vince McMahon bought WCW and kind of moulded it into the okay so you got Wrestlemania Raw Rumble the other two I can think of off the bat are Money in the Bank Money in the Bank happens at Wrestlemania Oh, does it? Yeah, yeah. Because that's they, the one where they have on the, the ladder. Yeah, they introduced yeah. that like quite a bit after WrestleMania actually started. Um, oh yeah. And um, um, yeah, sorry. And then also the other one I can think of is the cage match. Yeah, cage match will just happen at any. There was oh Hell in the Cell. What was that one then? I think that was in. I think that happened in like February. But like basically it's just a fat cage and you got a, you got a fight in it and I think you can climb to the top of it. Is that one? So is it? Yeah, is that someone where you got to climb out to, uh, to to sort of get victory? Yeah, 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 yeah. So my favorite was always Money in the Bank because there was they're trying Money to get a suitcase yeah. Money in the from bank the, the from the ceiling and they're all like getting ladders climbing up and then someone would knock the ladder <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen it, but there's a one. There's I think it was the first Money in the Bank and it was it was like a, a triple triple threat match. It was Edge, 
I can't remember. It was Edge versus someone versus someone. I can't remember who the other two people were. And basically, someone's at the top on the ladder, and the and they're like they hold onto the ladder. Someone on the floor knocks the ladder from underneath them, so they're just hanging onto the briefcase while swinging the air. And then Edge is on this ladder, and he just jumps on the ladder and spears the guy off the, onto the mat. It was so good. Oh my gosh! So I used to have a, res- a toy wrestling ring with toy wrestlers, yeah. and like I'd love for like fake bins and yeah, yeah, ladders yeah. and shit that I just oh man oh. wrestling was so good back in the day they need to revive that oh, man gosh. Just thinking, or like, because there was so much controversy around it like so many people well so many wrestlers have like died from either like steroid overdoses or concuss- too many concussions like yeah but I'm sure they're still getting concussed and still doing true, steroids true, true 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 like if they can show a character in The Walking Dead's eye pop out like in that level of gore yeah. then they can bring back blood yeah yeah you know, they just need to make it interesting. It's a again. shame, though. Who's, who's your favourite wrestler? Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio. 619, mate. Mm, t- yeah. That's six probably, probably top top three for me. I can't believe people like John Cena and Randy Orton are still going. Well, apparently people don't like John Cena anymore. Really? That's what um, Dan was telling me. Apparently, because he's not a good wrestler or something. You can't see him. Yeah, exactly, literally. He, but he was my, he was my favourite well, at the time. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He is in everything. Now. When I started watching wrestling, actually, he was that was when he kind of like quit. To, yeah. do, to do like, acting and stuff oh, really? and then he kind of came back as I stopped watching it he's got so much more hench since he's an actor <laughs> he's wham oh goodness every film I see him in he's, he's even bigger he's than evolved the into Onyx honestly <laughs> he's going to become a stone <laughs> so he's been in the trailer for Fast and Furious 8 mm. have you guys seen that looks so good it looks quite yeah, good doesn't it, it I haven't seen sick. any of the Fast and Furious I'm pretty sure we've seen from. all of the um, the action pieces yeah. though that was the thing with Ghost in the Shell like all of the all of the Parts in the trailer are just the best action mm. scenes. It just kind of ruins it. Mm. But um, I'm still going to watch it. It's going to be awesome. It looks pretty cool, I think. Fast I might, watch, seven the, I might watch the other ones just to uh, sick, catch mate. up. Any other trailers that you guys have seen this week apart from Inconvenience? Yeah, so when I went to see um, Ghost in the Shell, there was a trailer for, I think it was called Valyrian, or however you say it. Mm. Um, I don't know if either of you guys have seen it. So no. it is... Um, oh, what's the uh, actress who played the baddie in Suicide Squad? Cara really? Delevingne. That, yeah, so she is her and this other guy, forgive me, I don't know his name. Um, and it's like Guardians of the Galaxy, it's kind of like that, mm. um, but in a more, um, it's kind of got a bit cartoony. Um, so it's just following this story that, or what I got from the trailer, is that they are... Like uh, either con artists or assassin uh, agents, um, and they get called upon um, because they have this like space society of all different planets, and there's this like huge city essentially, mm. um, and and that's about to get destroyed or is under threat from some um, assailant, and that they call upon them, um, which I think out of a thousand planets and all like this technology, why would you call on two humans? Because <laughs> um, the humans are the best. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I don't know what to think of that. I'd, I'd say to you guys, check out the trailer and then give me your opinions next week. Okay. See what yeah, I've not really heard of it. No, me neither. Sci-fi? Can't, can't go too wrong? Actually, yes, you definitely can. Good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, what, what's, what's up next week? What are we going to be talking about next week? 
Naughty. So long ago, see Free Fire. Free Fire, yes, we'll talk oh, about yeah. Free Fire next yeah, yeah. week. They're also going to talk a little bit next week about reality TV shows because mm. uh, <laughs> oh, no. guilty pleasures, guilty yeah, pleasures. That is, my, that is my guilty pleasure. <laughs> and then over, you're going to be doing uh, the from the archive. Oh yeah. So well, yeah. Um, yeah, do you know what you're going to be talking about yet? I don't know. Does it have to be film? Can it be uh, TV? Be film. It can be TV. Might be TV show, I think. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll look forward to that. So tune in next week for Obi's from the archive and, and discussion on. And we'll talk also about free fire uh, reality TV shows and what else else we uh, smash out watching this week. Mm. Um, You hopefully would have finished Walking Dead so you can give us a a non-spoilerific review Mm. unless I somehow managed to watch the entirety of Series (laughs) 7. So thank you so much for listening. Um, If you've got any uh, comments or feedback or anything that you'd like us to cover in future from the archives or even just in general, please do uh, follow us on Twitter at YACpodcast17 or mention us on Facebook at Your Average Critics. Uh, Tune in next week. Bye-bye.